0: our first ever basketball podcast. Uh, I know a couple of people have been asking when are we ever going to cover the great game and uh, I've got Wayne Mube, a.k.a. Z, to, um, to usher us in there with Sinayo as well, Sinayo Diko, um, two gents who know a, much, a lot more about the game than I do, so I'm just going to be dropping questions and chipping in whenever I think I can and uh, learning uh, from this as much as the listeners will be. Thank you so much for joining me, gents, on this Friday evening. Thank you. I know you could be out there. Thank I know you. you could be out there partying up a storm in VIP.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, but yeah, yeah. For sure. you, you sacrificed your time for me. In corona,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, the 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 uh, the corona's uh, it's killing, it's cramping styles.
0: Yeah, and no, I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's, let's 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 get down to it, gents. Um, with regards to the NBA, I'm sure you guys have exhausted your thoughts on this one, but I just want to hear for for the first time on this podcast. Just tell me about the league restart and do you believe how fair do you believe the process was to, to determine to determining which teams get in, the number of teams and how fair do you think it would be going into the postseason, uh, as it were. I'll start with you, Senayo.
1: I think it was very, very fair. So the reason I think it's fair is because now we're really gonna get the best teams in and hopefully as healthy as they can. Because for instance, a team like Memphis. Memphis did really, really well, but let's let's keep us be honest. Memphis took advantage of the fact that, for instance, the uh, Portland was injured. You know, so they took advantage. So now, injuries are going to be reduced, and we're going to really see now. Okay, who's we're going to get the? It's going to be about quality. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy about the level of basketball that we're gonna get because no one's gonna get shortchanged. So, John Morant's a great story, but we all knew we all know what's gonna happen if he faces Bron.
0: All right, I, I hear that great name Bron already. Two minutes yeah, into the podcast, right. you dropping dropping it. It's all right. It's all right. Zed, your yeah, thoughts?
2: Well, okay, no, no, sorry, sorry, my
0: Go ahead.
1: no, I'm saying yeah, because we know like though though that that first round match isn't going to be competitive. Being honest, so at least if it was Memphis, so at least now if, like, if Portland can get in there or if Zion can get in there, it's just a better story because they still have to put on a show.
0: No, I'm with you there. Totally agree.
1: Yeah, that that that's all I'm gonna say for now.
0: All
2: right, Zed. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, I want to say I have a different take. It's, I don't think I necessarily have a, a different conclusion. I think, I don't know if fear is the world a word to use for what mm-hmm. they've done, but practical is probably the, the better description of what's happened. Uh, I think it was practical. I think they've, they've made the only logical decision that they could. Uh, what they had to do is return the league and ensure that they have a opportunity to finish the season uh, and also an opportunity to. So I think the big considerations was how do we ensure that we make as much money as possible whilst balancing player safety and also keeping things competitive. Now uh, what we had is if they'd gone straight into the playoffs and just brought back the playoff teams, uh, it would have been a bit difficult because teams need time to to get into gear, given the long break, and there are also a few standing issues. Now, if they had only brought in uh, – and uh, I think it would have been unfair given that uh, the Grizzlies had uh, a, a weak schedule and there's a high probability that another team would have made it in uh, – now, choosing which team was where they then had to decide, do we just bring back teams to warm up the other teams or do we make it competitive? And a lot of teams that say that they would not play if there was nothing to play for. So this was a fine balance that they chose. Now, I don't agree that uh, the Grizzlies haven't earned their way in. Uh, every season, their injuries and injuries are part of the sport. And who says that uh, Portland, without their injuries, would not have done, would have done better. Right. And I think if you think of the big injuries that they have, the first one is uh, Nurkic from last year. Right. And then the second one is Rodney Hood, who is a backup player. Otherwise, they have everyone else and who down. has been playing since. Yeah. But I mean, he's not a big player. Uh, so, the Portland's problem is that they sold their perimeter defenders or rather they didn't re-sign them, uh, Aminu and Harkless, and they thought that they could, uh, and they didn't replace them. And so it, it's, I don't think that they're necessarily a team suffering from injuries rather than a terrible off season and a t- terrible team construction. And, uh, whilst those guys are not noteworthy players, they, they complemented Dame and CJ well in that they uh, guys were not necessarily strong defensively. They allowed them to be scorers whilst they gave that team's steel at the back. And once you lost them, whilst also not having Nurkic, whilst also signing uh, players like Camilo Anthony and Whiteside, who are terrible defensive players. Yes, Whiteside is a terrible defensive player. So he gets a lot of blocks, which is not, does not mean that he's a good defender. Uh, so I, I, we're, I think we, we're underestimating how terribly Portland messed up and how well the Grizzlies have done because they're fourth in the West that's ahead of teams like the Spurs, ahead of a star-studded uh, Suns team, ahead of uh, a loaded uh, Pelicans team, right, uh, before even looking at uh, Portland. And so, if anything, the only situation where the, the restart is unfair, it would be unfair to the Grizzlies, who've kind of earned their way. And even if they finish four games ahead of everyone else, they'd have to go into a playoff Isn't that the with teams. Uh, no, so they have to be more than four, as far as I understand. But maybe you're right. But still. Uh, uh, so it's – and I understand why they're doing that, because the strength of schedule – Uh, And also, look, the reality is uh, this only works if people are paying attention and the NBA is competing with uh, big leagues for this. And if people are paying attention and paying money because you're risking lives for revenue, essentially. And the only way that's going to work is if people pay attention and the people that they'll come and watch games for are Zion, LeBron, and the Splash Brothers and KD, now they don't have the Splash Brothers. They don't have KG. and so Zion, LeBron are like the two biggest names. Well, outside of uh, Luca, and you then had to find a way to bring those guys in uh, and make a competitive. And the losers out of all that are the Grizzlies, and it's fine. It's unfair for them, but it's fine for everyone because uh, uh-huh. if we want this to work, if we, we we need to ensure that it's worthwhile. And what they've done is. The, probably the most balanced situation where all of this is worthwhile for everyone.
0: I think for me, my I think the Grizzlies get judged unfairly a lot because a lot of people say, no, they shouldn't be in there and stuff like that. But I feel like you are what you are. Um, if you are ranked eighth in the West, you deserve to be there if they're saying they're taking eight or more teams. So I think like you rightly said, Zed, fairness is not the word, but it's the most practical and the least um, the, the path with the least resistance, if I can put it that way, um, with, the, with the route that they took. Uh, but you mentioned something critical that's leading me to my second question, Zed, in terms of the NBA will at some point, not now, but at some point start um, fighting for um, airplay with some of the big leagues uh, in the US and around the world as well. Um, but if they do manage to compete well and survive, versus, for example, the juggernaut, that is the NFL, what does that mean for the league? I'll start with you, Zed.
2: So, you know, like there's been a lot of debate just generally about when the league should start and uh, how it should be operating. Like, uh, And, you know, there's a whole big debate about the 82 games and uh, whether that's practical, you know, the whole thing about injuries. And I think the NBA is paying attention to this fact. You know, like this year if a team does well for a number of years, there's that burnout. Last year, the revenue from the finals fell off drastically, A, because LeBron wasn't in the playoffs, but B, once Golden State got to the playoffs, they didn't have Claire and they didn't have KD. And so you almost had this culmination of the season, which was a dead dud, which is kind of why I also don't uh, kind of pity Portland at all, because it's part of the game. But I think what you'll see more of is the league start, starting to try and balance uh, player health and scheduling well enough. And if they can compete with uh, the NFL, it'll give them more flexibility to extend the league, have the league run for longer, uh, have more less back-to-back games, to, uh, ensure that come the postseason, all your big teams are able to make it, uh, there, and all your big stars... Uh, are not too fatigued to be able to compete particularly right now when you look at the NBA stars the big if you think of the what five six seven best players in the league KD, LeBron, Kawhi, James Harden uh, those guys they're all now 30 and over and uh, you know like whilst LeBron has been a pioneer in showing that you can play over 30 I think There, you know, like he is still an anomaly and is still uh, to be seen whether or not players like Steph and Clay, who's been one of the big uh, playoff players, Draymond, one of the big playoff players of our generation, will be able to play well into their 30s. So I, I think that's the only real consideration. And if the NBA can start a bit later, give the players a bit more time to rest, and you start around November. Uh, and have the playoffs finishing whilst the NFL is starting. That will probably be a more practical way to run the season, and we'll see whether or not it happens. Okay. Okay. I hear you.
0: Sanaya, your, your take uh, on that one?
1: Just just before I do my take, just a couple of questions. Firstly, when does English Premier begin?
0: Um, this week, actually, on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: It begins this week, okay? And then, yeah. uh, what's the what? When does it usually run? What's the time span for them usually running? It's like uh, isn't we, it from like August to May? Or something? I mean, yeah, it from August like October, to May. Yeah, to May?
0: yeah no, August to May.
1: All right. So the reason I'm I'm bringing that up now is because um, a lot of there's a lot of kind of opportunity for the U for basketball and the NBA to to you know like flex its global reach. And from that, I just mean like they only compete with the NFL in America. Outside of America, it's it's, it's not a question. It's the NBA. So the NBA has been trying to push more of a global game and a global outlook. I don't think – I think for them the the name of the game is um, they're trying to be global. They're not trying to – Compete with the NFL. They're looking for someone else. They're trying not someone else, but they're trying to see how they can compete with like EPL with um, all those other soccer leagues. Because they're getting people like Luca coming over from Europe. They're getting a lot of uh, they're getting a lot of positive feedback, and people are loving people are loving the international game. They really, really are, and international players. I think with the NFL, I don't think it's going to be close. If you have to choose between seeing, uh, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes and LeBron James, that's a different story. But for the most part, Patrick Mahomes isn't playing as many games in the week as LeBron is. Or Russell Wilson. They're not playing as many games as LeBron will be playing in that span. So I don't think... Football's powerful. I, I want to say basketball's going to take over, but I've seen football defeat church. So
2: I don't, I, I don't quite know. Can I rebut this? Um, yeah,
1: you can, you can rebut it.
2: Yeah, so if you think of, and, you know, like, obviously, I'm not sure if this is a, what does Garnett call it? Eye test discussion. But if you look at where the revenue for the NBA has come from, and it's been the States and China, I don't think that this, they've grown the game that much. Not since MJ was in the league, and really, their kind of like broader global popularity has been very recent with uh, the Splash Brothers, with the Golden States and uh, Cleveland battles. Yeah. Uh, but the NBA has not been on the global radar for a long time and have, they have not been competing for the same viewership tickets as uh, football for a very long time, uh, which is obviously why uh, Daryl Morey, uh, the Rockets guy, messing up with China was such a big issue. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that NBA as yet have pivoted to be competing for the same viewership, you're looking at Africa, Indo-Asia, Europe, Uh, that market is in no way at all kind of threatened by the NBA. One is just logistically the time at which the game is played as compared to like this time zone. Uh, They're not that many people, even here in Africa, they're not that many people who are still watching the NBA. and so I think the discussion really is about how they compete with, uh, with viewership in America and China to maximize their output. I think there are efforts to grow the band, brand globally, and I think they're starting to do that. But that's something even NFL is probably stealing a march on them on, with uh, the games that they show. You know, like they show, I think, two games – A year I played uh, in England. They've started playing games in uh, uh, Mexico. That's not really something that uh, the NBA is doing. Uh, And if anything, the NFL is probably trying to grow, is probably on track to grow its brand at a faster rate globally than the NBA Uh, in as much as... The NBA is a global game that is played everywhere. I mean, basketball is a global brand that's played everywhere. Uh, the as in the two leagues, uh, I'm not sure that either of them can claim they're in any way, shape, or form comparable to soccer yet from a global perspective. Uh,
1: I, I get what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying with that. I get what you're. So, at least the way I've kind of tracked the popularity, it was, it be it, with Jordan, it became international. And then after Jordan, it kind of died down a bit. I remember in 08, it became it, at the Beijing Olympics. That's when the, that's when the international began to... That's when it began to boom again, when the international play Because after they won gold, like, for instance, Kobe was like, no, he's going to stick in China, do some more work. Um, LeBron stayed a little bit as well. Also... With that, I, I get what you're saying in terms of uh, who's—they're uh, not watching it, per se, here just because they lost that. Um, super Sport stopped playing NBA games, but now that wasn't because, but because once they cut the Super Sport basketball, actually started being demanded again, and then they started trying to do this whole SABC TV games thing, and their NBA Africa games mm. sell out. Like when NBA Africa comes, when, when, they go to, when they play in Joburg, those things sell out. So the NFL has to kind of start from – they're still at the ground phase of it, trying to have these, um, these, these games in London, which the players hate. They really hate playing overseas. So it's going to – they're not only getting pushback from the fans in, in the UK who would rather spend that day watching an EPL game, like, people, like, the, the actual players, they hate traveling to London. But Sinayo,
0: only on that point, did, did most of those games do fill up, hey. Like, I wonder where all these Jacksonville fans from. I, I don't know. Are these <laughs> England, English fans, like, buying jerseys every season when a different team comes? But they do it's fill weird. up. Didn't they fill up the, the Tottenham Stadium it, a couple of times? Is it, yeah, they are.
1: What are the prices, though? Is it the same price as, like, an EPL game?
0: I'm not sure. Well, obviously, that, that would depend. And I'm sure an EPL game would probably be cheaper because if I, have a, if I have a season ticket and if I've spent X amount of dollars, um, I've still got a better deal than paying, what, £100 to just go watch one game. I get that. But I'm just trying to say, one thing that I'm getting from you guys is both kind of want and are kind of working towards getting a global reach. But it seems like they're focusing on totally two different continents. Whereas the NFL would like to appease the the guys across the channel, the NBA actually has a bit of a, is focusing on China. If I can take the, if that's a good takeaway from Zed's point, which is uh, which is well known as well. Whereas with the NFL, they could care less about China or Africa, also the Africa. Whereas the NBA has obviously lots of initiatives that it has in Africa and still looks at China as well.
2: So. Yeah, and maybe to give you a proper, to kind of add on to that, like how, how much of the, the global market that they have, the NFL, is not reliant on uh, a particular star. You know, like the variance in uh, viewership when LeBron is a part of something, uh, where, uh, whereas the NFL always rocks. It doesn't matter who's in the playoffs and who's in the Super Good Bowl. Point the whole country shuts down and everyone is watching it. How big college football is, it's a religion for each small town and district, uh, and how the revenue in the NFL has been climbing steadily every year exponentially, whereas the NBA fluctuates in terms of uh, revenue and market share. So, like... and from an American dollar point of view, which is the primary sort of sort of income, there is no comparison. And this is when the two aren't competing. And once the two start competing, like we have to understand, it is a big thing that uh, these two, uh, that the NBA will now be playing, for instance, when uh, Tom Brady, Tampa are having big games, right? Uh, and, and that's a massive thing. And, and so this pivot towards securing a foreign uh, audience when you haven't locked on your local one. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think that's even on the radar at the moment. I'm sure they want to glow, what, grow the, the game globally and basketball has grown globally, but the NBA appeal globally, that's a different thing.
1: Can I, can I ask you just to define, what do you mean when you say they haven't locked down the market locally?
2: Yeah, so that's why it's, the, the NBA is still a star-driven league. And uh, the American market, there's a large fluctuation in viewership and therefore in revenue, depending on which stars and which teams are, are in uh, the playoffs, right? So in other words, if you look at last year's viewership and vis-a-vis revenue, from the Warriors-Raptors final and you compare that to what was essentially uh, uh, a broomstick wash the year before, that four zero from from uh, when LeBron was getting his ass kicked by KD and Steph, those numbers are wildly different, whereas the NFL numbers, it doesn't matter if Brady's in the playoffs, if Brady's not there, if it's two obscure teams that haven't made it in a while who are now playing in 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 the finals, uh, the viewership is always high for for the Super Bowl. Everyone is always watching. The revenue is always increasing. And I'm sorry, I'm using hand signal that you can't see. And, scenario, and So that's what I mean. They,
0: yeah. Before you respond to that
2: one, brand NBA.
0: I think Sinai. Sorry, you uh, said before you respond to that one. I think it's also critical to note that when you read the different columnists, journalists and uh, experts or listen to different podcasts and they talk about what the NF, what the NBA needs to do in order to compete well during that time period with the NFL, it actually varies. And it also shows how broad the spectrum or the term competition is, you know, because we've touched on, are we talking competition on a global reach? Are we talking competition locally in the States? Are we talking viewership competition? Some guys, would like to focus more on, okay, so what happens if Game 3 of the Western, of not, I was about to say Western Conference Finals, but if Game 3 of the Conference Finals is on a Monday night and Tom Brady is probably playing the Raiders or something, something like that, should the NBA move such dates around to accommodate and not fight for Monday night viewership or Sunday night football or Thursday night football and so on and so forth. And I think, if the NBA does decide to do that, that's also them admitting that they cannot compete with the NFL. What do you guys think about that? That point of moving around the dates.
1: I think with from, I, I want to say, a week two game is not gonna threaten and, uh, a conference final if it's Kawhi versus LeBron. I, I don't think it would. Um, again, football is powerful, so I might be overreaching on that statement. But it would be it would be it would be very very shocking because so from from what Zed was saying with the with the Warriors and the Raptors, a lot of a lot of numbers in the playoffs are generated by people just watch, just wanting to watch LeBron play. So overall, I, I get what he's saying in the fact that the the NFL seems to. Be, in terms of the fans and the market, they're more solid. Um, but the NBA has the, the, the star power. I As long as the star power – the problem with the star power is it can be taken away at any moment by getting eliminated or by injury. But if they have that star power of if Giannis stays alive in the East and keeps advancing, LeBron and Kawhi keep advancing, that would be – especially, for instance, I'm thinking – first round ideally the nba wants lebron versus zion in the first round um for instance that would also i think dominate the the ratings just because they want to see okay is zion really going to be the next guy that's that's the that's the local battle i i still don't believe globally it'll be a battle because the nfl globally they're not competing with like um, the EPL, the leagues in China, the 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 leagues in Australia, the rugby leagues—they're not really competing with them. The NBA is trying to compete with them as well, so maybe the NBA should maybe reduce its scope, just to focus on maybe one 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 opponent at a time, but. Yeah, the NBA is trying to fight a global battle while it feels like the NFL is trying to fight only the battle in America and then, and then slowly getting edging into, like, London and uh, the UK as well as Mexico.
2: Yeah, so, do you know, another thing, and another thing to kind of explain, like, the NBA is also just the way... TV, cable works, and I mean, now you should know this, right? In that if you think of, like, generally what we've seen here in Africa and Europe, you know, you have, like, Super Sports, you've got Sky Sports, yeah. uh, and you have games which are then set to not compete with each other. You have scheduling. So a person goes and buys Sky Sports, and Sky Sports will have Arsenal, Manchester, all of them playing at different times. La play at a different time. Serie A will play at a different time. You can watch all your football uh, differently. In America, it's like their prime time slots when families are there. That's why you have like Monday Night football and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, you, you don't get networks trying to say, okay, you know, like we're going to show you the Raptors playing Warriors. Uh, at like four in the morning and then we're going to show you uh, like at four in the afternoon and then we're going to show you uh, Brady playing at eight o'clock, right? Uh, the the leagues don't set... The leagues space their games out uh, to, to fill the night, particularly with the time zones, but they don't... They, they space their games out to cater for themselves and competing for them, spacing uh, for themselves and not necessarily to say... Okay, we're going to watch, we're going to have NFL games in the morning and NBA games in the evening. And so there really isn't a situation where you ever really compete. Whereas, like, English football is not necessarily competing with Spanish football and is not necessarily competing with Italian football. Right. Yeah. A football watcher can have super sport and can watch everything if you wanted to, in the same way as you can't do that. With NFL and NBA. And it's also because those games just take so much longer to finish. And in a, an NBA game, you sit down for three and a half hours, and an NFL game, even longer, right? So that's why it is about making decisions. Whereas with football, you're never actually really making a decision between. If you say on a weekend, I wanna watch Bayern versus Madrid, I wanna watch uh, the, the Derby, Turin Derby, and I wanna watch uh, all four. Top clubs in England. That's a normal weekend. You, you never decide in between that. So that's why I don't think there's a real competition in that okay,
1: sense. I, I feel okay to so that. It sounds like you're trying to. The organizations it's a different compete against each other. English Premier yeah. competes against Serie A for viewerships, competes against Bundesliga for viewerships, competes against um, what's the one in Spain? La Liga. It's not like. The league is like, oh, it's okay. you guys can watch Bayern instead of watching, I don't know, Atletico Madrid. Like, they're still competing with each other. Are are we doing it in terms of organizations or in terms of sports?
2: Well, I mean, so because I only brought that up to say, you know, like EPL, for instance, competing against Bundesliga. So look, in a broad sense, obviously, you're competing for contracts and dollars. But you're not competing for, you're not necessarily competing for viewership in that you know someone is having to decide, am I watching Bayern or am I watching Madrid? You can watch everything, in in this, in a way that you can't make that decision. It's, are you watching NBA or are you watching NFL? No,
1: there's times on Super Sport where you have to choose between Super Sport three or Super Sport six, like.
2: Yeah, but I'm saying it's very rare and it's artificial, right? For most most times, your big games, like I said, most times you can watch all four EPL teams, your big La Liga teams, your big Serie A teams, right? Obviously, even there's, to an extent, even EPL teams play at the same time. So you're making these artificial decisions like, no, I won't watch Charlton. Uh, instead, I'll watch... Uh, I'll watch Arsenal whilst, like, uh, uh, Middlesbrough is playing, right? It's it's an artificial decision. But if you want to say you want to watch all three leagues, it's not really a decision of choosing. You're not really forced to make that decision. And that's what I'm saying. Whereas with NBA and the NFL, you'd be forced to pick one.
0: I think, I think the time. in closing maybe with, uh, with this point is, it's really going to be fluid for quite some while, uh, for us to determine whether the NBA is actually clawing back, um, is on equal footing, or even beating out the NFL for the most part. So we'll just have it to be one thing to keep an eye on um, as we go forward. I think another thing that I want to talk about is there's always been chatter around the NFL, the NBA. Sorry, and now I'm thinking about the NFL, but sorry, the Phil, can I, focuses... just,
1: can I just ask you guys both one question? Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Go ahead. Do you
1: think the current political climate is going to affect viewership of both organizations, NFL and the NBA? That's a
0: great, that's a great question. That's a great
2: question. Uh, oh, it, it hardly... Look, you had those big protests with all the players protesting and uh, all the people burning their Nike whatever's and saying they're never watching football again. And NFL revenue really just shot up, and right now you see what's happening. For the most part, uh, more people are now in favor of what the athletes are saying. Uh, so I, I don't. I think the only thing that's going to affect uh, the the sports is corona. The politics, not so much, true, true. unless of course uh, Donald becomes a dictator and things become a bit more confusing.
0: True. No, I'm. 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 Yeah. Okay. No, I'm
1: just. It's just um, that I bring that up because I don't know. It just seems a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's kind of the same uh, shtick as when when they were when Cap was kneeling, but this one just feels a little bit different, and people are willing to just go a little bit further to prove their point. So I was just curious about you guys'
0: take on that.
2: Yeah. No, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's uh, a real issue at all.
0: No, but but I do think that there is a bit of a passing of the buck that has to happen, Um, you know, when everything is said and done and the protest, um, because there's there's always a peak and a decline in everything. So obviously it's going to peak, and the decline means that the passing of the buck has to go to the people who are on Capitol Hill, people with political capital, and then the narrative is going to change quite a little bit especially that many states are going into election season as well. So I, I don't really think um, the protests are going to affect anything sports-wise because the protests are going to pass on to elections and politicians trying to do better and trying to represent uh, on, a more, uh, on a more broader scheme and uh, articulating the people's points on the streets because people can be on the streets um, forever, you know what I mean? Not just to say they want to stop for sports, but I'm saying naturally, there's a progression that will see the leaders um, and political figures taking over the the fight and taking over the battle and, and taking it uh, to that to that next level. That's how I personally feel. Uh, but with regards to the uh, to the restart, there's always been a rumor that the N- NBA was looking at such a type of uh, the type of playoff format that we're seeing now being used. Um, If it is to be a success, should the NBA continue this format? Um, If they do, are there any clear pros and cons for keeping this format going forward? Which format are you referring to? Um, The one where um, we just use the seeding of the teams. No, they're still going to do East and West. You know, I'm just saying there's been a rumor to say that they were were looking at something similar to this and just looking at the best, best records and forgetting the whole East and West. I'm not saying they're going to do, do away with it, but this is also quite a, this is like a a good test for them to see if this would ever work.
2: Yes, I actually get what you're saying, and I, 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 I actually agree with you. I think this has been a discussion, particularly and the reason why it came up was during the Golden State Dynasty, where uh, you had so many good Western conference teams where the West was so far ahead of our shining the East. So for instance, the last two years, the two playoffs, where it felt like the series between the Golden State and the Warriors, I mean and the Rockets was the final, and what happened afterwards was almost inconsequential. So that's when that rumor started. and I think it would have been a bit of the same thing last year except that obviously by the time, the Warriors' attrition of getting through the West meant that they didn't really have anyone standing. A, I think it's part of the only reason why the East ended up winning a trophy. I, if things had carried on like that, then maybe those rumors, uh, I mean, maybe the NBA would have uh, went that way and that would have been irrational to do so because you still want your finals to be the most anticipated and to be where most of the revenue is. But now that we've seen the East really starting to uh, do better this year, they've competed a lot better in terms of in the standings. I think it's two years in a row now where they have the team with the most wins. Uh, You look at how many teams in the East are competitive. Uh, I mean, if you go all the way down to the team that is uh, seventh in their standings, it's probably uh, the most talented team uh, once all their stars come back in KD and Kyrie. Uh, you look at uh, the Heat, who have this very young and exciting team full of upcoming players that could be a title challenger. Uh, you still have a fairly young Philly team that still have to sort out uh, that, uh, unfortunately, a bit like Portland did badly in the off-season. Uh you have the Raptors who have managed to build this team without any draft picks, and you have probably the best player in the league uh, after LeBron for the next few seasons in the Bucs. Uh, the, the need for that parity, the need to kind of even things out, uh, the Lakers, the Celtics with their young core, the playoffs from the east side uh, point of view now becomes interesting again. And it, like, if you think about it, uh, those watching like uh, Celtics versus Embiid first rounder, you know, like that's now going to draw money. There's no need to mix things up because if anything, the Eastern playoffs, if KD and Kyrie had come back, if you're watching the Raptors playing the Knicks, uh, the, the Embiids versus the Heat, you know, like versus Jimmy, the Celtics in the second round playing uh, one of those teams, it, they, there's a lot of excitement now in the East that does not require you to mash things up or change anything up. Because and the reason why that this format is also like that is because it takes into account travel and attrition. And now if you have uh, all those teams are closer together. Now imagine you had a team like Denver, uh, playing a first-round playoff series against a team like uh, the, the Nets, the, the amount of travel that will be happening during that series will be ridiculous. And by the time they get to the second round, that team might then be playing a team like Portland, and you know, like, they're traveling half a day every day. So it, it's not practical. Uh, the reason why they were thinking about doing it for this, where you, everyone is on one location... Then that whole east versus west thing really becomes a bit arbitrary. Yeah. So I don't think as a proposal that will go any further uh, because there now does seem to be a bit more parity in the strength of the leagues.
1: So my question is, if I just want to ask you if, because in the '90s when, and especially in the finals when it was the east versus thing, they did two, three, two formats for seven games. You think if they instilled that for teams that were far like that, that then it would be plausible
2: sorry just repeat that in the 90s they did two three uh
1: two three two formats in the 90s and early 2000s so for instance uh if it's when it was the jazz versus the the, the bulls or the bulls versus the suns two three format where it's first two games in mm. uh, first two games in phoenix next three games in chicago and then the last two games are in phoenix to limit travel instead of one, 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 one one in the last three. Do you
2: think- Well, I mean, then there also wasn't... I think the, the issue then is, you know, like things were different, then teams had to bust. Travel has also kind of improved uh, where you, you can have teams moving around, but also because there were fewer games, you weren't playing seven games. And generally, there were fewer teams in the league, so there wasn't that much attrition. Uh, it made more sense. But that's why you saw how much home court advantage, how important home court was, advantage was back then. Uh, now, with, with better conditioning, uh, better travel, and journey speaking, the way the, the East and West situation is seated, by the time you get to play those games where it's East versus West, where it's now the finals, games are spaced out enough that uh, that doesn't become an issue. So I don't think they'll ever go back to that.
1: But I, I think they should do the 1-16 to 16 because a lot there's been some times in the West where a team gets 50 wins and doesn't qualify. Like, that, that's painful. And then a team in the East can get 39 wins and he has the 8th seed. Like, now, uh, I, I get what you're saying with the Eastern Conference matchup, but the, the reigning and probably back-to-back MVP, he's going to steamroll the Magic. Giannis is going to steamroll the Magic, and then the, their viewership probably wouldn't increase till round two. And that's the MVP. I think just just for the for the league's perspective, that's that's not that's not great. Like with the NFL, it's never a shadow of a doubt that no these guys are the top of
2: the Yeah, top. but that's the expectation. I mean the, the Warriors have been steamrolling the the, the West as well. I, I wouldn't as say good that as the Western teams were.
1: And when they won seventy nine games, so for instance, if the one to sixteen happened, that that's Season they won seventy nine, I mean seventy three games. Sorry, when they won seventy three games, yeah. the Spurs won sixty seven. So, yeah,
2: yeah, but so, but like, if you take the magic out of it, right, you look at the other seventeens in the week, East. So we expect Le- LeBron to also steamroll the Grizzlies, right? But we we don't expect anything competitive up until he's now playing uh, uh, Kawhi. Whereas Giannis versus uh, Tatum, Brown, uh, and Horford and Smart, that we don't know what happens there. Giannis versus Embiid and Simmons, we don't know what happens there. Giannis versus Butler and, uh, and Bam, we don't know what happens there. Giannis, if Curry and KD were there. So you, you see what I mean? Like, it's easy to nitpick the sixth, eighth team, which, yes, isn't that good. But everyone else after that is a competitor. I,
1: I I get what you're saying with that. So that I say, I, yeah, LeBron's gonna steamroll the Grizzlies.
2: I so what's happening in the yeah.
1: But at least for instance with the Grizzlies, you know, with John Morant, you're gonna get highlight plays. He would steamroll the Pelicans as well. You know, you're gonna get highlight plays with Zion. So if we're talking about in terms of of viewership, I think one to sixteen has a higher entertainment value. Cause what what. You're gonna see, Aaron.
2: yeah, but someone will still be playing. Someone will still be playing the magic. So it'll be LeBron instead of yeah, who uh, uh, will be playing the magic, but and so then. I what? actually
0: understand what you're both saying. Um, I think one to sixteen, um, there is an argument to be made there, and I'm sure Zed you also agree with that uh, to an extent. But also maybe, and I'm grateful that you took us down memory lane a little bit to say. It actually came out of the fact that there was such a dominant force in the West and very, very decent West uh, Western Conference teams were missing out on playoff birds, while in the Eastern Conference, it was a bit easier to get um, into playoff birds. So there's always pros and cons to everything. But I think also you make a very good point to say the quality in the East has shockingly um, seen a huge uptick over the last, what, three to two and a half seasons. Um, where we have very, very competitive sides, um, very, very young sides as well. Um, The Bucks, uh, the 76ers, Celtics, the Raptors as well. So I I really think that for now, I would keep keep things as they are. I'm also interested in the 1 to 16 seed um, setup, but I really feel that uh, keeping it as it is and maybe assessing how well it does now um, and seeing if, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep tradition and hope for huge sparks of inter, of entertainment value, or we're we going to go with a new outlook and just pick sixteen and full on knock for for entertainment value because one to sixteen does have great entertainment value tied in there. Whereas the other the traditional route will mean at, in some rounds you might have you might in the in the earlier rounds you might not have as much uh, entertainment value as you would from the get go with the one to sixteen setup.
2: Yeah, and for me, like the issue really is just about... It's a superstar league, right? And so the league does what's it's in its best interest. And that's, that was the framework for all of that. But Giannis is young. Tatum is young. Bam is young. All these guys are young, right, in the East. And all these teams are fairly young, uh, which was always the fear, isn't that? Those guys were too young to show that they're going to become something. But Siakam that Raptors team is full of a lot of young talent. There's no reason to have any anxiety in the near future about those teams. If anything, they all look like they have brighter futures than most of the teams in the West. So uh, the, if anything, we might see the, the, this whole discussion reversed because of an imbalance in the West. And I think what will happen is there'll just be a bit of calm heads and say, you know, these things pass, and we just have to wait it out like we did last time.
0: Right, Interesting points there. I was looking at the power rankings from about four days ago, um, 8th June, um, and uh, just read out the top 10 here. Um, The Lakers were number one, Bucks number two, Clippers number three, four Raptors, five the Celtics, Thunder came in at six, Nuggets at seven, Heat at eight, nine uh, was the Rockets, shockingly, and ten, the Mavs. Um, I just wanted to find out from you guys, based on this top ten from the 8th of June, just to, just to put it out there, they might have changed by now, uh, but who who outside the top, of the top ten do you think deserves a look in this top ten? Or is it, is, is it uh... set in stone?
2: Uh Senayo, I think you can go first.
0: All
1: right, just just give me the bottom 5 teams again.
0: Okay. Uh so that's OKC, yeah, the Nuggets, Heat, yeah. Rockets and Mavs.
1: Um not I, I want to say so, okay, before, you know, things went off. I think that's pretty I want to say the Mavs might need to no no no. I think it's well rated because the Mavs were were separating themselves from the from from Memphis and I don't know what Chris Paul is doing in OKC but for some reason they're actually winning. So no, I think it's 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 quite. I think it's a quite fair rating. Um, in terms of who's not being looked at, I I don't. I don't know who was really making a push like that. Maybe the, the, the Pelicans are what? They've only, they're, they, they have a damn good record when, when Zion came back and played. They were on a roll. Um, but I don't think that they can be looked at in terms of power rankings um, ahead of any of those 10 teams you named. Cause, like the top six, those are the locks to, okay, who might be able to win a championship. So that's, I think it's pretty fair rated. I, yeah, I think that one's pretty fair rated. In terms of who to look at from the outside, I'm really trying to go through it in my mind and I can't think of anyone who probably who got slighted.
0: Zed? Uh,
2: okay, so for me, power rankings, you know, like it's difficult because, you know, if it's about the moment, the, then, yeah, whatever, it's probably accurate. But if we're saying, look, which teams, how we ranking, who we think uh, are title contenders and could win this thing? Uh, I, I just don't think you can have a list that doesn't have the uh, 76ers. Philly have one of the most dangerous, one of the most uh, playoff ready uh, uh, teams. That team is going to be a problem to beat. That team has got so much Even with the instability that
0: they've shown in the regular season? You think they shake that off? Yes, right. Because,
2: so for me, what happens come playoff, right? Remember, these guys were uh, a trick shot away from (laughs) uh, essentially winning. Because, look, at at the end of the day, had they got through, I think they were just as well-equipped, even though they've got a terrible coach. Just as well equipped to win, uh, 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 to beat uh, the Bucks, uh, who just were just not ready, and with Embiid, with the amount of length that they had, uh, I think they could have done that. Uh, and if you think about it, this is a team that has, oh, in as much as it hasn't yelled, right? Uh, playoff is about matchups, and they're just a matchup nightmare. They have probably the best perimeter defending uh, guard in the game in – what's his name? In uh, Simmons, who's also a great playmaker. Uh, they have, you know, like the best windshare player in, uh, in Embiid, who on his day, you know, like is a top five player in the league. They have Horford, who can just shut down teams. Uh, no, they're not Horford anymore. Uh, Richardson.
1: No, the 76ers. Oh, stop. I'm thinking of someone Where else. Yeah, go on, gone. go on. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they have Horford, and they have uh, Richardson and Harris. You know, like the amount of length that that team has, and you add thigh ball. Games are going to be close, and they're going to be hard to score on. So, in as much as they don't have, you know, like, chemistry, uh, particularly offensively, just because they're not set up well, they can beat absolutely any team. Whereas, like, every other, like, there are a lot of teams there that just have very clear ceilings. Like, in as much as we love Luca, that team is young and isn't going far. Like, once it meets a LeBron, once it meets a... Uh, you know, like uh, Raptors, they're not going anyway. Uh, same thing with uh, like, would I put my money on James and Westbrook uh, over the Sixers? No. So I think they have a path, because I think they have a path to win uh, the East. I think after the Bucks, they'd probably be like the, the team I'm uh, most afraid of if I was a fan of like the Celtics or 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 the, the the Raptors or whatever it is, right? And so excluding them doesn't make sense to me. Uh, if you're living in the moment and just saying, "Oh, hey, Simmons and Embiid were injured two months ago and they went playing well," then yeah, sure. Right. Then they deserve to be where they are. But if we're talking about now, we expect all the players to be healthy and who do we think will make it out of the East? Uh, I can't name more than two teams like Raptors and Bucks. Only teams that are better ahead of them. I think they're right there in the same grading as the Celtics uh, in, and the Heat. Interesting. And there. at their full potential, I want to talk the point that made earlier this,
0: uh, in one of our phone calls, and he was talking about how underrated the Bucks shooters are. Sinaio, um, your point and then said, "I want to quickly wrap up with you just." Uh, chomp it down there because we do and we do respect the... I think we lost scenario there. Um we do respect the the bucks shooting uh but maybe is it underrated, Zed? Yeah. Sinayo is saying that they're shooters. The shooters of the, the on the the bucks roster are very underrated.
2: No. I, I don't know about that. Uh, look, the thing is, here's the way we can put it, right? Uh, Middleton is a very good shooter. I mean, he's shooting 50, 40, uh, 40, 50, 90 splits. That's Steph Curry MVP shooting. So it, it, he, he's certainly not underrated. He's one of the better shooters in the league, and he's certainly one, a person that you have to respect. Uh, outside of that, right... Like, does the team take good shots? Does the team make good decisions? Absolutely. Right. And, but if you look at Brook Lopez, his shooting splits this year are terrible. And I mean, it's not like he's a guy who's been a consistent shooter throughout his career anyway. So, uh, uh, you know, like it's not something to value much. Uh, You look at, uh, what's his name? Pletzer. He's a terrible shooter, right? He's always been a terrible shooter, and he becomes even worse come the playoffs. Giannis, he's an improving shooter, but you know, like, he's literally, if Ben Simmons actually put effort into shooting and he did it well for a bit, that's who he is. So, is he someone I can respect as a good shooter? No. Uh, Then they've got like these raw players who have good nights sometimes. a guy who I have a lot of respect he for can, is he can, he can Vincenzo. He was a very good guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can shoot the ball, but, you know, like the way McKinney could shoot the ball for the right. Golden State Warriors, you know, like his their levels, right? Yeah. And come a tight playoff matches when you want buckets, I just don't think they have enough shooting mm-hmm. to rely on. They're I, I definitely say they're, the, they're, they're not success. underrated. They're just rated uh, where they deserve. To be. Yeah, I think they're a good basketball team. I think th- they've got a. They do not have as high ceiling as a lot of other teams. I think they'll go as far as Giannis takes them, uh, and but I don't think. You, you know, like, they're a bit like the Raptors, right? The Raptors don't have a lot of good shooters, but the Raptors have mm-hmm. a lot of fertility uh, and they've got a lot of length. Uh, and even then, I think the Raptors have... Right. The last uh, one, uh, uh, Z- They twice a lot better than well. guys. Uh,
0: Can you rate the best five coaches in the league currently? In yeah. order.
2: Okay. Okay, Nick Nurse. Yeah, this is an order. Uh like and right now and obviously recently biased not like historically. I'd like if you're looking at a playoff matchup, for me it's Nick Nurse, then Pop. Uh those are the top two, then Kerr. Uh and then after that uh I'd have to go with uh the Bucks guy Burdenhauser, and then after that Uh, this is where it gets a bit tricky. Uh, I've never been a big Doc fan. I mean, I respect what he's done, but uh, I don't see him as a top five coach. Uh, A a guy who I do have a bit of respect for, who I think is a bit... He gets a bit too much stick is D'Antoni. He's a fifth pick. But he's not as good as those guys. I think D'Antoni... Yeah, I mean like literally you would be the best coach if not for uh a you know, like two of the best well, literally four of the best generational players. Uh four generational players who are all playing on one lead. You right. think about um, it, he's the only Chris guy Paul, who came close to a that. A Chris Poor Injury
0: away. Like, who had hey, legitimately hey, hey. beat it's, it's 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 very difficult
2: for me. Yeah. Just, mm. yeah. And we give so much props to Nurse, but Nurse, he only beats the Golden State only after KD, Clay, uh, Looney, Boogie, like the, the, the how decimated that squad was. And even uh, yeah, then, yeah. the guy had to pull out all the stops. It's still so hard for just me to stomach the like fact
0: that you're giving credit so, to the mad mm. scientist. Mm. Ways, uh, based on of the fact uh, that everything. you bash, you bash the Rockets, you bash the Rockets uh, at every chance.
2: No, yeah, I've always that respect for the team. No, I mean I bash the Rockets. Because... Look, the thing is, you. So do you know what the thing is? Like, I'm not going to spend my time bashing the Nets, right? Why? <laughs> They're not worth talking about. The people face, you know, like the, the, probably the most scrutinized and criticized managers, the two most scrutinized and criticized managers in English football were uh, Alex Ferguson and followed by Arsene Wenger. And who are the two most decorated managers in English football? Those two guys. So yeah, heard, there's heard. a certain English level, even, you know, like you don't talk about nonsense. And, yeah, and just on Tony, and just to take another dig at... Uh, these guys, uh, I don't think that, you know, like we, we disrespect D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. I think there is disrespect that is paid to, uh, I suppose to an extent, yes, Dan does get a bit of criticism, but I think a lot more, particularly from fans, criticism goes to, uh, James in particular, uh, and that's more down to this, his style and, like, the irritating things that he does and the way he plays the game, right? How much of that is, like, D'Antoni, I'm not sure. I don't think it's D'Antoni who's telling him to flop, right? And I don't think it's D'Antoni who tells James to whine uh, and complain about the riffs uh, and complain about everything but his own performance, Uh once things get tight in the playoffs. So like, that's not the coach's fault. And it's not the coach's fault when your star player, no, uh, you know, like, flops in a different way. Uh, when there's not pressure, right? So I think he's done well as well as it can, uh, can be. And I think him having gone and gotten CP3, was him acknowledging, look, we can't win just by dribble, dribble, step back flop, uh, and he had varied his game in a manner that had actually beaten kicker, except for Kira just having more talent and in the injury that uh, CP3 earned. Yeah, just to correct the the Rockets lander. what makes Rockets annoying is is uh, James in particular. Uh, you know, Sorry about that. James. Where you have uh, two for twenty-nine, and you get forty points. You know, people are like, no man, what's going on? <laughs> okay, I, I kind of. Right, no. I held it down.
1: I just wanted to add on what what you said, and I agree with your take on Philly. They're a matchup nightmare. Amazing. My my frustration with with Philly lies in the fact that they they've had the people required. They they had them last year and it It was it, like um they weren't as serious. It's kind of a thing of I'm one of those people like I've been watching them since they've started this quote unquote process, so they've just been coming up short, granted before it was things like injury and all that, but like you said it's it's, it's a part of the game, so it's hard for me if we're if we're talking about who's a better team yes, Philly, to me, seven games is better than Dallas. But in terms of a power ranking, Dallas was just doing more at the time. Like, Philly can't win on the road. They're, they have a very bad road record. At home, they're solid, but they have a very bad road record.
0: All right, uh, in closing, just give me your, your top five coaches in the league currently.
1: Top five? Okay, that's interesting. Um, oh, Brad Stevens. Um I think uh Bud's a good coach up there in Milwaukee. Um Vogel. Um I think I wanna give it to Spolstra. Uh, Spolstra's doing things in Miami and um he's he's turned into a good coach. Who else? Who's the Who's the Memphis coach? Hello. I'm trying
0: to I'm trying to think.
2: Memphis, uh, Grizzlies. That, uh, that I'm guy. Gonna...
1: Um. I, I'm...
2: Um. Uh, it's a guy called Taylor Jenkins, which in itself. All right, maybe.
1: Um, I'm I'm just, and first, for the record, I'm yeah, saying these name. five based off this season. No, no, this season. What I'm saying this season, and then uh, so maybe maybe Carlisle with the Mavs. No, 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 no. Take that back. Take that back. Whoever whoever's the coach for OKC, okay, it's it's still the same guy. But the, those five to me. Those five to me are getting the most out of their it players is. and the quality of their players. I have to go. Yeah, Billy Donovan. For me, it's those five. Okay. This cool. season,
0: Billy Donovan. Hold on to your coaching picks. Uh, when you have the second NBA podcast, we're gonna start off talking about coaching schemes and uh, all
2: that kind of stuff. So did he pick a completely different five from me? Like all five. Look, I I respect part of the list, and I I won't lie. Like uh, not including Brad Stevens in there, and Sproles probably would have been six, seven uh, for me. But all five, not acknowledging like Coach of the Year Nick Nurse, didn't break it into it. I mean, I understand you are talking. you, You do have a bit of recency bias focusing more on the, the now. But all five of them, Nick Nurse... Well, get him. He's, a,
1: he's, a, he's an honorable mention. <laughs> he's an honorable mention.
0: Now let's, let's save it up for the second podcast. I knew I would get you guys yeah. to disagree on something. Because you've been agreeing for the most part, if I can put it that way. Uh,
1: but, yeah, it's hard to disagree uh in basketball, at least if you're arguing it from a basketball uh, if... standpoint. Yeah. But Sometimes I do go from the side of a fan. All right,
0: no, thank you so much, guys, for joining me. Thanks, man. I hope you have had as much fun as I've had, and hopefully, when we no, thank you. This touch up the good. second podcast, we add in another voice and uh, take it from there.
1: No way, no. Thanks, gents. Stay I'm out. Looking forward to it. Cheers. Yeah,
2: definitely.